It's time for a shift. This is the shift. Big change, big things in the phase. Yeah, big change, big things in the phase. Yeah. Sister Lucretia, what do you do? Uh, I am an attorney. I practice in business and real estate law. Wow. Yes. How many people do you find? How many black females do you find in your field? So is I'm very intentional about being around other black f attorneys, period, mm. but especially other black women. Mm -hmm. But there, so I get sometimes that allows you to forget that there's so few of you mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. you go out yeah. to do <laughs> right. your work, the field work, and then you realize that. Yeah, it's not enough. Wow. We're less than 4% of the profession. Wow. Yeah. Why did you choose that profession in the first place? So remember how I mentioned all of my reading? Right, right, and right. So part of that was that I saw when there were extreme injustices or extreme things that people were doing wrong. Mm-hmm. There, of course, there's been missteps in the law, but ultimately it was corrected because someone with a law degree said, this can't happen. Mm. And I, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted mm. to be the person that was, this can't happen. So How has it been? How's the journey been? Um, I love being a lawyer. It is very tiring, regardless of your race or sex. So, mm. Mm. <laughs> um, but I, I do love being one. There has been, I used to, I worked for other people mm -hmm. in a small firm setting and that had, I was, that was okay, but I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I worked in what they call big law, which is hundreds of attorneys worldwide working in a firm and kind of like a corporate setting. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's not great mm. at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that, that four is very evident that it's only 4% when you work in big law. It is wow. very evident in wow. every way. Wow. So, um, and then after that, I was trying to decide what was next for me. And I kind of did like I did when I left college in Georgia and mm. said, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's see how it works if I just do this for myself. So so you have your own firm now? I do. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You've done great. Thanks. Wow. Black girl magic. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I love that. Um, what are some of the f challenges you, you found as being a black person in this practice? What are some of the challenges, you know, that you've actually experienced? Um, so I think one of the things about being in anything and being black is that we have the same issues that anyone else has mm -hmm. in the profession. Mm -hmm. Then we have additional uh, issues. Additional. On top I'm talking of about the additional. Yes. Right. So some of the additional ones are sometimes clients may not respect what you it is you're doing for them. Just because you're black. Yeah. Or, or because you're female. Both, actually. Um. So being black <laughs> is one thing on its own. Yes. And being female is another. Yes. Wow. So um, you may have... and. The longer you do it, the quicker you can pick up on things. If I am meeting with a potential client or a client and they mention anything about my appearance, I already know this is going to be a problem. Mm. We hear about your money and you worried about, okay, I know I'm cute. Thank you. 
now about this <laughs> <You> let's get, <laughs> let's get serious. Right, contract. Right, right, Did you right. want to talk about that? So right, uh, right, right, right. those are and you can pick up on that easier. Um, there are some people that will call a white counterpart and pay whatever they say and mm. not question it. Mm. They'll call me and they want to debate and haggle with the and I'm kind of like, no. they, they they say <laughs> that black people don't actually appreciate black people when it comes to doing business. Mm. Do you think it's true? I think it's true in a sense. Um, meaning, when people say someone doesn't support black business, I'm like, well, then who's buying it? So people definitely support black. Mm, black mm. people definitely support black business. Right. Um, but then there's also, like in anything, there's a sect or can be sects of people that do not risk it's because they don't value themselves mm. if i look in the mirror and don't value what i see because mm-hmm. of my skin color mm-hmm. or my sex then when i interact with someone that has the exact same as me mm. i won't respect or value them either mm. so it kind it still all goes back to the way society for, forces you sometimes or tries to force you to view yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah so it can definitely be like a you were saying that uh uh a white uh, colleague of yours can get a contract just mention any figure and they down for it but then you say it and then they will be like you know it's too much or we're not going to pay that or yes. have you had that experience from black people especially? I definitely have had that experience from black people and um, I just don't I don't engage in it basically mm. I, I don't because we don't negotiate our rates there, mm. so I'm like, this is this is the rate. Uh, you can, right, 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 right. Uh, you can pay it or not. Um, you can go back to the other person you called before and let them do it. And what I have had, obviously, I'm not. They, there are other great attorneys out there, but what I have had in the past is people go to that other counterpart. Mm. They don't care about your business the way I the way I know how it's important to you. How this is your legacy or this is putting your food on the table today. Mm-hmm. You're just another retainer to them. And they don't see it the same way. So they're not going to care for your case or your matter the same way I will necessarily. And so something may get overlooked or messed up. And then you have to come back to one of us mm. to repair it. But you've already given them their max mm. that they asked for mm. on their retainer. Mm. And so now you're asking me for a break. And the answer still is no because you could have came over here to start (laughs) (laughs) so So have you gotten to a point in time in your career that you were like you know what i'm tired of this i'm not gonna do this no more oh yes uh what what brought you to that tell us one story what brought you to that (laughs) um there has been a few moments like (laughs) (laughs) what actually happened tell us about it um so because of ethics, when it happens, I may not be able to remove myself from it at mm. that time. Mm-hmm. I may have to finish the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it then turns into I'll never help them again. Mm. I, I've i had someone um, go against everything I told them to do. Just it, go the opposite direction. Yes. It, of course, turned out poorly because... <laughs> they didn't listen. So... Um, they didn't blame me. They blamed you for them not listening to you. <laughs> yes. They demanded that I give them the money back they paid me that I had earned. 
I said no, of course. They then hired a white attorney to send me a demand letter to give it back to them. Uh, they have a saying at home that an attorney represents himself as a fool for a client. So I could have responded, but I just didn't. I hired somebody else, mm -hmm. a black attorney, right. to respond for mm -hmm. me to say no again. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was just like, I went over beyond. So, and I was just like, you just don't understand. like. And of course, they paid this other attorney who to demand the money back for me. He didn't get it because why would I give you back money I earned? And then, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just, I'm just trying to feel it. Being black alone is one problem. Being a female is another. Yes. It gets depressing, huh? Uh, it does. It can have its moments. It's not just the clients. It's the running of a business, too. So having mm. staff also. Is, wow. So what inspires you, really? I still enjoy being a lawyer. And at this point, it would have to be something major for me to not work for myself, mm. like for me to go be employed by someone else. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I don't know the amount of money they could offer me for me not to do it, uh, for me to be willing to go be employed by someone else at this point. There's still a level of peace that I get from being able to say mm -hmm. no to things. Mm -hmm. um, even being able to split my time between here and home I can't do that really if I work for someone else mm. um, I mean so it's things like that I get to employ other black people right I'm the sole decider on right. whether or not right. so yeah so setting up on your own I want you to inspire people right setting up on your own how challenging was it did you just do it one time in the work or so um I am not one of those people who tell people they have to go head first into mm, something mm. because I know that there's a level of stress that can come from things mm -hmm. if you are not financially secure. Mm -hmm. So I actually, instead of taking another job, I, they had a case that they wanted my help on. I told mm -hmm. them I would do what they call contract. Mm -hmm. So I worked for them and kept getting checks for that while I build my practice. And mm -hmm. at some point while doing this, it was over the course of about eight months. Mm -hmm. My practice was too busy for me to even still continue mm -hmm. to. So I think you have to know that I know there's this big push on social media now that tells people about setting their boundaries and not doing things and not being overbooked and all of that boundaries are most certainly important mm -hmm. your rest is most certainly important right. but you cannot possibly believe that you will accomplish anything without having to sacrifice something right. else right. even if it's just for a short period mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there are sacrifices that I had to make in those eight months or in that to get my firm where I wanted it to be and so that is what I tell people to go in knowing that there will be a sacrifice and to be okay with it. Uh, so that's pretty much it. What are some of the sacrifices you had to make? Uh, one of them was most certainly uh, sleep. Mm. Because <laughs> I wanted to be financially stable. So I still had this contract that I was working, mm -hmm. which I was supposed to work 40 hours a week doing. Mm. 
but then I'm still bringing I have to I'm bringing in the cases right. and doing the work on the cases and at that time I had no staff mm. so it was just me doing everything you so you have to I had to sacrifice a social life like mm. there's not a lot of time for brunch or happy hour when you're working yeah. that much mm. um I have like a ridiculous shoe habit so <laughs> <laughs> you love shoes yes mm. so I knew if I was going to be making getting my firm to where I wanted it to be and making sure that I had the finances to get it there that sacrifice a portion of that right, budget right, right. Um, you may even have to if you want a relationship mm-hmm. you that being the best that too, that's a myth somebody's gonna <laughs> fail <laughs> either he or she is not gonna get your attention mm. or your work is not gonna get your mm. attention if you're trying to reach a goal what is something that you've noticed I mean being in your career that black people, especially when it comes to real estate or housing, that black people do not take advantage of? Uh, Probably because they don't know mm-hmm. or they are ignorant. Just one thing. With all of the gentrification that mm-hmm. we have, mm-hmm. one of the ways that that's able to happen is taxes. People mm. not paying their property taxes. So you, mm-hmm. this house has been paid. Your grandmother paid off this house a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And now you, as her children or grandchildren, can't even come together to pay the taxes while mm-hmm. she's in retirement. Right. And they're increasing. So someone can come in and buy this house for fractions mm-hmm. on the tax mm-hmm. debt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. take away mm-hmm. your family's wealth just like that. And stop selling these houses. Stop selling y'all houses. When Grandmama pass on and leaves no, the on house. No, hit on it. Stop selling them. I don't care how whatever amount of money they offered you. If they offered you that much, that should tell you just how much it's worth. Stop selling them. Stop selling them. Just stop. Figure it out. You know, make sure the deed has the proper names on it so it doesn't turn into heirs' property. Mm-hmm. Have your wheels in place and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because that could be another way with it turning into heirs' property. But stop selling these houses. Just mm. stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you put your, your information out so people can actually reach out to you. Cause, I mean, some people will sell it because they don't have an idea even how to go about it, you know. And probably because they think they can't maybe afford, you know, attorneys just to be on their case for them. Maybe you can do something about it with them, you know, where... Mm it would be mutually beneficial yeah, or something like that. So, I mean, getting to the end of it, I will, I will let you put your information out so that people can also, because, yeah, we got to own. Yes. We have to own the properties. Yes. Land. We need more education on, on these things, you know. We do. And, and unfortunately for us, they don't teach us in our school system how to you know, use money and how to save and how to acquire property and all that. Now, you've been in a position where you know. I think it's about time that people... I'll let you put your information out so people can reach out to you and, you know, you can explain setting some of these things to them and also, you know, get in business with them as well. But what are some of the things that you think limits us as a people 
let's talk about the American setting. Black people, what are some of the things that are in the constitution or the system that actually has been the biggest limitation for us as a people? So there are a few things. Okay, um, name them one. One is the 13th Amendment. Okay, two. Uh, two is traffic stops. Okay, three. Um, the way business is handled. Mm. Can you add another one? Well, just let's um, talk about this three. Let's let's do with this three as yeah. as we go on. I mean, if it comes up, we just put it in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said the fourteenth or the sixteenth amendment. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Okay, what about it? So there were it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Ava DuVernay put out this documentary mm-hmm. on the 13th amendment Mm. and I think that that provided more knowledge to some people that wasn't aware Mm -hmm. and I the amount of people that found it to be so um I guess informative and so helpful that we knew just how many people never knew this Mm. so at the end of slavery Mm -hmm. basically these these crops and everything still has they still need the fields work. Mm. The people that they have not fle- freed, my ancestors, mm-hmm. they still don't want to pay them. Mm. So the 13th Amendment essentially says that slavery is not allowed unless you're incarcerated, basically. So they started doing these roundups where they just would arrest black people for little or nothing or something made up. Like, you steal a loaf of bread, you could get 20 mm-hmm. years or something, and you're working. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, you were talking about, uh, the last time we were talking, you were talking about somebody getting arrested for buying something that's stolen. Yes. So, part of, basically, our judicial system as a whole is that it's not, in, it's, it works the way that it's basically intended. Mm-hmm. Our criminal justice system, and the way it's intended is not for the best of Black Americans. Mm. Mm. So on paper, it says one thing where you think we should be equal and treated fairly, mm-hmm. but in practice, it just it's, doesn't. It's different. Yeah. So one of the things is that there are too far too many laws. It's mm. too expansive for anyone to know all of them. So you could break a law and have no idea what you're doing is breaking the law. Mm. One way that I see this happening um, a lot is, for instance, let's say someone went to go, we call him uh, the hookup guy. He went to go steal laundry detergent or something (laughs) from the supermarket. Mm -hmm. You're out, you need laundry detergent. He's selling it for $10 less than the store. You're going to buy. You're mm-hmm. on a limited budget, too. Right. You're now in receipt of stolen goods. You committed a crime. Mm. So you can also be arrested with For this. that. With this other guy. Yeah. So that's something that people are often caught up on. And because money is so scarce in our community, looking for savings or looking for um, a quick buck. Mm-hmm. Someone tells you, hey, you just go in the bank and cash this check for me. And you got you got an account here? Yeah, I got an account. Go cash this check for me. Mm-hmm. 
I'll give you a hundred dollars out of it. All right, I can go. Go do it. Just for a hundred dollars. That check is fraudulent. So they coming back to you to be and you sitting there like, but I didn't. I just cat the guy gave it to me. I just I I didn't write this check. I didn't. So yeah. And 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 uh, one thing that's going on is we have people here that are running huge sums of money through people's accounts in yes. the U.S. and yes. giving them cuts. Yes. Yes. So that's the, all of the anti-money laundering stuff and all of those laws is a whole completely set of law, different laws that's federal and can lead to felonies. Mm. So um, felony conviction. So you, you're, it's just all of this different stuff. And then not to mention that there are still scammers out there doing different things where mm-hmm. someone think it's going to make them quick money or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it ends up costing them money. Uh, and so you have to be careful of those. So that may not get you in jail, but it's still now this is just costing you your rent for the month or something like that. So basically if you're incarcerated, that means you've signed up for slavery back into it you didn't sign up for it they forced you into it they forced you into it <laughs> but yeah so basically um if you there are certain companies in the u.s that contract with the prison system mm-hmm. to answer their customer service phone calls so you're calling about some item you have or shipping something you're speaking to an inmate mm. but then when that same inmate is released they won't hire them because they have a conviction Mm. Like you literally had them doing the job. And how beneficial yeah. is that to the company? It's extremely beneficial. They are more than likely getting a tax break and they are also paying. So I believe the minimum, the federal minimum wage is like seven dollars and fifty cents mm-hmm. in the U.S. So a state can make their minimum wage higher than that, mm. but they can't go any lower than that mm-hmm. amount. And so. They that means that if that company placed that business anywhere in the U.S. at minimum, that's how much they would have to pay each employee per an hour. Mm. So, but if they get inmates to do it, those inmates are making like thirty cents an hour, and then the system is pocketing the rest. Of wow. The wow. So yeah. Let Let's go to the next point. That's the. Did you say the justice system or the judicial system this it's the same so oh it's the same thing uh the the traffic uh oh the traffic so the traffic is different so one way how so many people are um are harassed and you you see it in our news yeah it's it's from traffic stops Mm -hmm. because the traffic for any municipality, city, county, mm-hmm. state is huge. Right. So all a police officer has to do is follow you for a couple of blocks and you will break a traffic law mm. or do something where someone so where they, they can So they you deliberately over. follow you. Yes. Um, and they will because they're, or they also, they just lie too and say you broke one and you seem like, oh, I saw him swerving. And so that's cause to pull you over. When they do it, then they get to your car and they use some other reason to try to search. Or if you try to assert your rights or do anything, they're behaving aggressively and doing, you know, up to 
just to sometimes you can be lucky if they just make you late to where you're going mm, versus your time. yeah versus being detained shot or anything you know them finding a reason to arrest you and hold you because once you're arrested now if you are um if you are arrested once mm-hmm. you're arrested mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you say once you get there now a judicial officer has mm-hmm. to release you a judge or a magistrate right, right. You, ha- you need bail right even if there's no bail, once they have to say that, so mm-hmm. it's not like, and so that a lot of people I used to do what they call um, initial appearance. Mm-hmm. I represented people when they were first arrested, and that first hearing that mm-hmm. decides whether you mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. Those traffic stops have cost people their livelihoods because if you're working for certain jobs or certain companies, you didn't call in to tell them you wouldn't be there. And all of that. You're mm-hmm. arrested, so you can't. You're fired. So now you're out of work. Or they're giving you a monetary bill. They're saying $500, but that's how you're going to feed yourself mm-hmm. for the month or your family. And so it's all of those type things that ends up causing far more harm mm-hmm. and placing people who never needed to be into the system mm. into it. Because if I lost my job, I've never really actually committed a real crime, any nothing dangerous or something like that. But now I've lost my job. Mm. And I still have a kid or I still just even have myself. And I can't get another job or something like this. I may be, uh, feel like I'm forced mm-hmm. to commit a crime. Right. To whether that's selling drugs or is stealing or doing something else to provide my necessities. Mm-hmm. And so instead of doing what the system is meant to do, these aggressive cops and these cops with these egos and everything else has now created problems in the system. Whereas this person, if you would just let them go on about their business, they would be at work now, continuing to work, feeding themselves and everything. They wouldn't have now a, a record that they got to try to get expunged, like even if it's dismissed and things like that. So... Traffic stops is a major issue in our system, and it's... Yeah. What is the third one? Uh, so, the third one was, I believe that we, is businesses in the way Business, they're set yeah, up. Be, right. You have to be able to, working for someone else is never going to get you wealth. Right. And I'm not saying having a job is wrong mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. any circumstances, mm-hmm. but you have to diversify. Okay. And have some other type of business or investment or mm-hmm. something on the side. So the way that it's set up, most people in our community don't know how it's set up and mm-hmm. how to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. So you decide, okay, I'm going to incorporate a business. And mm-hmm. let's say if you do that on that part on your own, but then you don't have an operating agreement or mm-hmm. you enter into contracts with a vendor, but you just signed it. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're signing. You're taking their word for it. Um, if you have a business, you have to do annual filings or biannual filings, depending mm-hmm. on where you're mm-hmm. at. If you don't do that, then you're not in good standing, and this business you think you have is now defunct. So these are all of the things that I feel like was not given to us as knowledge. Um, also, you don't have to necessarily use your own money to start a business or to grow a business. Mm. You have to know how to set up the business properly so that you can get the credit necessary Mm -hmm. to grow it Mm -hmm. and to build that wealth. 
because you when you look at these major corporations they aren't using their own money mm. to grow mm. um like when they build a new NFL stadium, these billionaires aren't using their money. Right. They're getting loans and paying them back, getting tax breaks and mm. grants and all of this. And so there are things like that too for smaller businesses, but you have to know them and be aware. You have to get familiar with the SBA and the money that they provide. Mm. Do you think there are, there are things that actually make uh, black businesses not thrive? Um, like as per what the constitution says or how the system is set up out there, are there anything that, you know, any clauses or is there anything at all that actually makes per your observation, is there anything that makes them not thrive? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, one of those things is basically it's just the, the history of oppression Mm-hmm. so many of our white counterparts, this is not the first business in their family that mm-hmm. they're starting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Either their father or their mother or their uncle or their grandpa has Did something. Right. So they can just ask them. There's someone else. Or they're just picking up and doing what they already started and growing it. We don't have that. Mm. The problem with being systematically oppressed is that it takes decades if not a century to fix what they have been doing and it has to be progressively getting better and it can't be all right we gave them the civil rights movement there was a civil rights act and then we proceeded to segregate schools again Hmm. like through another legal means right right it has to be progressively getting better with no more obstacles or steps in mm-hmm. order for people to get to where the white people, where the white counterparts have been able to get. So there, there is basically a knowledge thing that stops us from, like, there are people who do, who can make great food or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. There are rules and regulations set up for you to be able to do that. Right. And if you don't do it properly, one fine can shut you down. Right. Uh, so it's things like that. So that's why, that's how the system... Do you, do you think that uh, they know and they ignore or they have no idea? I think it's a combination. So I think sometimes we don't always understand the importance of paying for services. Mm. Whether that's an accountant a lawyer, a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. Like, they, we don't always understand the need of that. And so you may know there's something that you can do better, but mm-hmm. you don't realize that not doing it is going to shut you down completely once you get hit with a fine or something else happens or someone's able to steal your brand mm-hmm. because you didn't properly mm. protect it. So, yeah. Wow. It's a lot that we have to learn. What are some of the things you think that uh, we should start doing as a people to actually help us build up, you know, businesses and, and own properties? And what are some of the things that you think, some of the practices that we, we should start actually looking at? Um, I think that we have to get better at sharing information. Information. Freely, Freely sharing information. Mm. I don't mind telling anyone how I started my law firm that wants to do it. They, I am not in 
we we shouldn't be in direct competition with each other all the time like saying oh if I did it she's gonna have to figure out how to do it on her own mm. you know how much time I could have saved if it was somebody I could have trusted yeah, to tell me right so I want to do that's the whole point if I can help someone else then we are better we are further along than what we want to right. be like how you did something is not a secret or it shouldn't be share the wealth of share information yeah okay so we're gonna get a little personal here you know i'm not <laughs> trying to be nosy but uh i mean it's a lot of people that are watching and they will want to know certain things you know as a career woman um i've heard and i've read about things <laughs> i've heard people say you know express how life has been for them you know trying to achieve uh greater heights in their life how has relationships been for you? Oh, um, what's that saying that people <laughs> have on uh, social media? Focus on yourself. <laughs> so that is uh, that is how relationships have been. Mm. I will be um, honest in that I was not intentional about relationships until a little later in my life. I was okay. very much focused on my on career. On your career, right, right. And and have you had good people come here? Has it been challenging trying to, you know, get on with somebody, talk to somebody, or somebody talking to you? Um, Getting the attention of someone is never challenging, mm -hmm. but it's the whether or not you all mesh with each other. Whether or not you have the same type of goals in mind, uh, whether or not they have vices or cons that you want to put up with, and mm -hmm. vice versa. So you can like the way someone look, even not mind having a couple of conversations mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you can build a life. Yeah. Uh, accomplished women like yourself sometimes i've heard i've ne never really seen you heard <laughs> yeah i heard <laughs> i heard from people's conversation you know that uh it's hard to because sometimes most men are even kind of scared to approach you or they kind of feel less of a man because you are you know have the upper hand somehow how has it been for you um i have ran into some of that I won't say it's the bulk of what I deal with, but it normally shows itself not even in the way that people are used to. People don't, men don't have a problem approaching me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always say men never mind shooting above their range. Mm. So I've never... <laughs> <laughs> you never have that challenge, huh? Yeah, so mm -hmm. they will come, but that doesn't mean that once you're dating them or in a relationship, they can't ultimately deal with what it means to date someone that has a professional focus or mm -hmm. professional mm -hmm. in that their ego the male ego is something uh nothing rivals uh so the, the male ego can always deal with no matter it doesn't matter how much a woman may try to make a man feel secure mm -hmm. and if they don't believe it there's nothing you will ever be able to say or to do to force that mm -hmm. upon them has been my experience mm. anyway. Mm. And I, yeah. 
have you have you had an experience where a man felt you know uh less of a person because of your achievement yes i mean even though they did not really talk about that maybe their actions actually made you know yes a lot of times yes um i won't say a lot but often enough that you you know is it and it's not even that if you compare sometimes if you let's say Vince, you want to do the on paper thing mm-hmm. you compared us together on paper we could be equal or he could be more than but it's sometimes sometimes I have had the experience where men want to be, they need me to be smaller, to be lesser. Why do you think they do that? I have no idea <laughs> what goes on with the male Smaller ass. <laughs> I mean, do you think, do they think you're not submissive enough or? Oh yeah, I'm definitely not submissive. Um, and it's not just the, I've never had a man think that I wasn't submissive enough because they I mean they knew I wouldn't be going I've never hidden that that I don't want to I don't want to submit to you and I don't need you to submit to me mm. so I've never had that that issue necessarily um like in a longer dating situation mm-hmm. or relationship but I have had for instance where they they don't like necessarily a, a professional focus sometimes mm. uh, and what that can bring with it. Like the, the I always say the independence sometimes of career-minded women is that if they are with you, they want you. They don't need you. And I'll never say I don't need you. Mm. Uh, but you, they know that ultimately she doesn't need you and i in my mind i always thought it has to be better for somebody to want you to want to be there Mm. but it's not so do you do you actually consider uh a certain class when choosing a partner no you don't yeah okay um have you had encounters where people felt that because of your class they cannot approach you or something? No. Uh, well, probably, but they weren't. It wasn't anyone that I was necessarily dating that. Um, but no, I mean, I I am a first generation college graduate, mm-hmm. so to it's just not in me to consider that to look down. It's it's more of. Are you? Because you can have a college degree and do nothing. Mm, <laughs> you mm, can mm, mm, mm. not have one and be amazing in doing what you need to do to sustain yourself, to grow in whichever manner you are seeing fit. So, uh, no, that's never been really something I considered. Are you married? I am not. I am single. You're single? I am single. Wow. Brothers... If you're watching this show, it's time to actually take the initiative of taking the bold steps and approaching her. She don't, you know, look at the class really. But, I mean, you got to be sane, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a certain type of person you like? A certain type of man you look out for? Um, Do you have any qualities that you actually look out for? You need to be goal-oriented. Like mm. You cannot be okay with whatever your station is in life. Mm. Mm. Even if it's good, because mm. that's not how that's I That's not the end of it. Yeah. You got to keep pushing. Yeah. And 
I, I, I know from experience that dating someone that is not goal-oriented is not for me because I'm going to get annoyed and you're going to be annoyed with me. <laughs> so, yeah. There, there's this thing that's going on. There's this part that's going on. I've noticed that there is a lot of women from especially America <laughs> looking to Africa to find better halves. What do you think is causing that? I mean, there are men in America that are equally, I mean, <laughs> my brothers be fine out there too. So what's causing it? You know, I still split my time between both countries. I know. You're trying know. to cause me <laughs> issues. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to get you for this. Just say it. I mean, um, what, what's causing that? Because I know it's one part that most of the uh, black men are actually incarcerated. You know, that a is. bigger percentage of, of them. But then there are still black men. I mean, some are, you know, doing other things. You know, yeah. when I say other things, you know what I mean by yeah. other things. But, yeah. What, what, what do you think is actually causing that? Because there are still men in America. So, there is... Oh, I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't just... Just put it out. I so, mean, you're not, you're not in Ghana because you want to find a man. That's not the reason no. why you're here. I mean, you're just here because you want to be here. I understand that. But then, I mean, you being a woman from there, you, you've heard in conversations, maybe you have a reason why there's a shift in that aspect as well. Um, it's a level of maturity that is sometimes missing mm. there. Mm. There's also, if you are, if you want to be married or have a family, typically in my experience um african men are there faster meaning and now and this is not like me thinking people want a v like that obviously happened right, right. marriage of people that's <laughs> right. not what i'm saying like even if you meet an african man in the states mm-hmm. or whatever he's there faster like he's not expecting to waste to date for five years mm. or you to be in a committed relationship with him for five years. Mm. That's not, that's right. yeah, y'all don't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas black American men can be like, well, I'm still getting ready. I'm still getting to know her. Listen, if I don't know you in a year, I'll never know you. Right. <laughs> so right. this is, uh, so it's things like that. There is a level of maturity there that, mm-hmm. and again, this is nothing is across the board for everyone, mm-hmm. but there is also like, I know that there is a, a stereotype that African men can be very, um, they want the submissive spouse or the, some of y'all can be right right. because i was going to ask you a question because uh i've heard the sister talk about african men not african members the ghanaian man being passive Mm -hmm. one and they said they lack uh they can't communicate well oh yeah don't y'all communicate terribly i'm sorry go ahead no no (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then you are you are you are putting it in in a different perspective now that is actually better than what you find you normally find in the states mm-hmm. and I want to know how that combines 
and still make it perfect because if, if they are passive and they don't communicate well and there's a I'm trying to find the particular word the sister uses like they you know they love you but they don't know how to love you yes um I think so it's it's more of it depends on you've heard of the lo- the love languages mm-hmm, mm-hmm. depends on how you receive love like what is your love language mm-hmm. so i think that some women would fare better or have better in dating Ghanaian men than mm-hmm. they may uh black american men because of their particular love language if mm. you require words of affirmation as your love language like someone to say certain things mm-hmm. to you and t- you're not going to get that from a good man, so you will, it'll be a horrible relationship for you. You just... Wow. Yeah, y'all don't know. Brothers, <laughs> brothers, you have to learn. But why don't you teach the brothers how to go about these things? So, someone has to want to. So, they have mm. to want to be receptive of knowing what it is you are seeking. Hmm. Whether that's a Ghanaian man or a black American man, hmm. they if they are unwilling to do what you are asking, then that's a lost cost anyway. Because hmm. how can you build something with someone who you tell them, hey, I prefer this instead of that? Or it would be great if you could do it and they just ignore you? Wow. That's, it's not possible. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Brothers, we have a lot to learn, and I hope we get it. But if we don't, it's also good anyway. So, <laughs> so how you how you living here? How, what do you do now? Like here, being here. Yes. Yeah, so, and what are you looking to doing here? So, um, I split my time between mm-hmm. here and home. Mm-hmm. Um, hold, or hold, my hold, other hold, hold, home. Hold on. <laughs> here and home. Where is home? Well, both are kind of my home now, but home I will always refer to as the place that I was born. Home is where you find your peace. That is true, but, mm-hmm. but I can so I can have multiple homes. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> anyway, so I split my time between here mm-hmm. and the U.S. Better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. uh, um, and. I, I still work while I'm here mm-hmm. uh, because I work for myself. Mm-hmm. That allows mm-hmm. me the ability to still Do handle what, all whatever, my cases. Whenever. Yeah. Right. Um, and I had, I originally started coming here just, and it was a point of my peace mm-hmm. and not thinking about doing any work outside of trying to connect with people mm-hmm. here. But I just, as I met more people, I realized there were a lot of Americans here starting mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. and a lot of services or products mm-hmm. that we could use in the US mm-hmm. and they want to enter the market there mm. but have no idea mm. how to. Okay. The people that the law firms that typically help with that is what we call big law mm. and their hourly rates and their rates is just going to be too expensive for mm. a small Ghanaian business that's right. trying to enter the market. Market, right. So that's what I do. I handle the legal needs of 
Ghanaians and, and Ghanaian business that's entering into the U.S. market mm -hmm. and handle their, their U.S. legal needs. Right. And then for Americans that's here, mm -hmm. typically their business operates in mm -hmm. the U.S. and here. Okay. And so I handle their U.S. legal needs because they have not been able to find someone that they trust or can deal with. And so when they're trying to say, for instance, look for more funding to expand here and to give more back to the country and to hire more Ghanaians, mm -hmm. they may need funding for that right. or to update their software. And mm -hmm. so I can put them basically on the road to make sure their business is set up legally to get that and tell them how, like walk them through the steps, inform them of different resources that they we have no way of knowing about mm -hmm. so okay okay so if somebody is trying to get to you uh how do they get to you because i know it's a whole lot of people that are actually interested in what you're talking about right now they have businesses and they don't know how to go about it mm -hmm. and it's very good that we have you here so i want you to put out your information so if anybody wants to reach out to you to do business they can just okay Certainly. So, um, if you're calling, the easiest number is going to be to call the office. Right. It'll be 202-643-6. Okay. That's for WhatsApp. Yes. Okay. So, when, when, okay. So, they just hit you up and straight away business started, right? Yes. Okay. That's fine. All right. So, um, I want the conversation to go on. But then the time, the time, <laughs> the time, the time, we can't get all the topics. So maybe when you get back sometime, we can get more on, uh, into like the business okay. part of it. All right. Thank you for coming, Sister Lucretia Johnson. Thank you for having really me. Really appreciate you here in the studio. It's time for a shift. This is the shift. Big change, big things in the phase. Yeah, big change, big things in the phase. Yeah.